home. And now here we get to come on this day to pay respect to him for what he's done for us. Amen. God is good. Probably, Brother David, if you'll go to that switch over there, fan, turn the fans off probably. I don't want folks to get too cold. I can take it any kind of way. It doesn't make me any difference. Hot or cold, it don't matter. But I, I sure try to be sensitive of that. If you've got your Bibles this morning, you can turn to the book of John, the 7th chapter and the 37th verse. John, the 7th chapter and the 37th verse. I want to be encouraging today. Uh, I was thinking this morning about 1.30, the Lord spoke to me about what I was going to preach on this morning. And, uh, and I got thinking about I preach a lot of revivals. I used to preach a lot. And everywhere I'd go, I remember even my friend Hawk Wilson who pastored First Baptist Church for 30 years in Lexington. I remember one day he had tried to retire and he went over to a place called Chapel Hill. And uh, he wanted me to come and preach on his high attendance Sunday school day. And uh, what you got to know about Brother Hoyt, he's Mr. Sunday school. He knows how to get folks to come to Sunday school. He can get that done. And so anyway, I called him and told him, man, I'm looking forward. He had called me. I said, I'm looking forward to coming, Brother Hoyt, to your church. And I think I'm going to be able to help you with that Sunday school. Here I am, don't know nothing about Sunday school. He let me know real quick, Brother Eddie, I, I don't need you to come help me with Sunday school. He said, I've got a whole congregation of folks, and Brother Eddie, they say that they saved, but there's really no fruit at all to bear record that that's the way it is. He was the kind of man that he, he was good about all that. He said, I'm not the judge. I could be wrong. He said, but if I can't help but be burdened about it because of the lack of faithfulness. And I got thinking about everywhere I went, those preachers would tell me the same thing. They won't let me know the reason why that you're coming is because I want you to preach to my church members because I'm burdened that they'll die and go to the devil's hell. This morning's message is going to be a message maybe to help you sort all that out. You know, I don't want you to be one of those. Now that I'm a pastor, I, I don't want you to be one of those. I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen people raise their hands and Praise God and walk around here like the Holy Ghost is all over them. And now today they cold and indifferent. They're not involved in the work of the Lord. And when they come, they seem like they're about to go to sleep. I see them everywhere else. They're excited. But when they come to the Lord's house, do the Lord's thing, it's the dullest thing on the list. The Bible talks about a nation of Israel. They was in a backslidden condition. I heard a man said if a but there was a time that you was closer to God than you are right now, you're in a backslidden condition. There was a time you loved God more than you loved him right now, you're in a backslidden condition. So I thought I would just read these scriptures. But before I say that, I want to pray, but I also want to tell you that we need to be in prayer for Pastor Gary Mitchell's family. He's pastored uh, Sim to God Church, I guess, for later 20 years or more, hadn't he? Yeah, I knew it was, it was about there. 23 years, he's been there faithful. <laughs> Y'all love this about Pastor Gary Mitchell when he came to that church. I was having a conversation with him one day, and, and I guess it was just about, you know, people not coming to church much or whatever. And, and he said, well, Brother Eddie, he said, I can tell you for a fact that I'm doing a better job than the pastor before me. 
He said, because the pastor before me, it took them three times a week for that pastor to keep them straight. He said, I'm getting it done in one. <laughs> Brother Gary Mitchell, y'all be in prayer for that, not only for his family, but be in prayer for that church family because that's always an ordeal going through and selecting another pastor, so be in prayer for that. I'll probably go over to a verse after a while. It's in Romans chapter 10. Why don't we just start with that verse, if we can? Romans chapter 10. It's a favorite verse of us around here at the church. We've studied on this verse, and it's helped us so much. Now, you've got to realize Romans chapter 10 is a Roman road to heaven. They used to call that, that's a Roman road. They used, they used this chapter <clears throat> as the Roman road, they call it, whereby we can present salvation to folks. If you'll look at it in Romans chapter 10 in verse 9, that's a scripture that is used when someone is at the altar. And I'm from the old church. And so from the old church, they would show them. They would think that when you gave your life to Jesus, you need to be looking at the Bible and seeing what the Bible said about you being saved. And then what would be said to you if you gave your heart to Jesus, it'd be said, now have you done that? So before I read the scriptures I want to read to you, I want to read these scriptures in verse 9, letting you know how important a chapter this book is. It says these words. In Romans chapter 10, in verse 9, it said, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, wow, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So we use those verses to when people come and they're broken by the Holy Spirit, seem, seems like, and they're drawn by the Holy Spirit, we would think that way. We would read this scripture. So the text that I'm going to read you, the first verse of this chapter, I just want to know you, let you know what an important chapter and the book is in. So after we read these first three verses, we, I want us to bear in mind that it's leading us up to how we can know that we're saved. A word that God woke me up this morning about 1.30, I was sleeping light anyway, and, and the word was zeal. Man, I had to go out to my truck and get my phone, come back in the house, and I went to look up in the word zeal. Then I found out the word zeal as I studied around it, the way I can kind of describe it to you. Have you ever had something that you thought that was all that? Now, me and Brother Reed have. We went and bought horses sometimes that we thought was all that and we thought was going to be all that until we got them home and then we couldn't wait to get rid of them. 
Maybe it was some clothes that you tried on that in the store I've been told that when you're trying on clothes that if you don't absolutely, if you're not absolutely crazy about it, and I, I guess this would line up with the women folk, and that if you're not absolutely crazy about it in the store, you'll never wear it when you get home. But have you ever bought something and when you got to the house, you turned around and maybe you had a mirror behind you in front too and you looked at it and you thought, good Lord. <laughs> maybe you thought, I, I, I'm not enough for this dress. Maybe you thought you was too much for the dress. But it's something God brought to my mind about a country song. And the country song was, I don't remember the man, I think it was the Randy Travis it was, and it said, thank you for unanswered prayers. What happened was he had prayed when maybe he was in high school that he would be able to marry this lady. Then later on, if I remember correctly, maybe it was at the class reunion, he ran into the woman. Now, some of y'all got to know what I'm talking about. And when he has seen her after she done developed, he said, thank you for an unanswered prayers. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you better check it over good. Even a car, yeah. You know, when you test drive it, you better wind it on out a little bit. Hold your foot on it. I had a motor support man broke in my truck. I, I just got it fixed. I about ready to trade it off till I, till I got it fixed. And I realized I had a better truck than what I thought I had. I'd mash on it now. I didn't get on down the road. I, I've been gentle on it for about three or four months. But sometimes things just ain't what... They seem, and sometimes you just ain't going to be as crazy about it as what you really think you are at the time. That's what the word zeal means. I wrote out, it, it, it can be a love at the time. I remember one time, Lord, I was so country, I'll tell this on myself. I ain't even never been to town, Brother Harrison. I wound up at the picture show here in town. We called it the picture show. And if I didn't sit down beside this girl and, and, and I thought she was pretty and I really didn't know what to say. I ain't been schooling on all this. I kind of my first time in the town and, and I just looked at her and I told her, I said, I'm in love with you. <laughs> first time I ever laid eyes on. Now I thank God for being God. And you ought to thank God for being God. A lot of y'all have mocked with things and toyed with things and looked at things and thought you want them at the time, but ain't you glad now, Brother Sammy, you didn't? See, but at the time you loved it. Now think about that word zeal. It, it, it can fall into where, yeah, you loved it. But you really wasn't in love with it. Oh, I, I looked at that word. It means enthusiasm. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. You can get, you can be around something, you can be so enthusiastic about it and you can say, well, I'm going to do this all of my life. But I, after a while, brother, Larry, you just get tired of sliding in the home plate and cutting your legs up and you, you think, well, man, man, I love it. I, I'm going to do it the rest of my life. You ain't going to do it the rest of your life. You're, you're enthusiastic about it at the time. That's zeal. You got an appetite. You got an eagerness to do at the time. I've seen a lot of people with zeal. They, they came to church. They had a lot of zeal at the time. For what reason? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. But boy, they was hooked up. I see them. I, I can tell them, tell them when they try to yeah, they're backing off from it. They're headed in another direction. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, the Wednesday night's gone. And then the Sunday night's gone. And then ain't long the Sunday morning's gone. They don't sit where they used to sit. They don't raise their hands like they used to raise their hands. Lord, they can't even smile no more, much less shout and walk around the church. That's a zeal. That's only a zeal. Because if I had time, I'd show you in the Scripture. We'll pull, he'll pull it up and we'll take time. You done paid your tithe. You need to get your money's worth. <laughs> the Bible says these words. Can I just talk to you like your family? It seems like a lot of times, folks, they so serious about Jesus, but they going to die. With Jesus. Now they'll tell you they're going to want to die, that they ain't going to eat no more sweets. I've done it. I'm cutting out my sweets. Well, if I tell you that, I'm lying. I may cut it out for an hour or two. But if you bring them in front of me and it's the right one, As I heard a man preach one time, said, don't tell me that one monkey won't stop your show. He said, if it's the right monkey, it'll stop you and your show. <laughs> but man, I, I, I've been able to tell that what people seem like they was all interested in, all of a sudden they just took a, can I use the word barber, sabbatical. They don't mind just taking off on God. They don't mind leaving what they started to do. Oh, they hard to preach to. My word, you start preaching truth, they get mad, they come back one Sunday, they probably tell the wife or husband, I told you we shouldn't come back here. Now, Brother Eddie, why do you preach the way you preach? You, you just don't know how bad I want to preach a happy. Boy, the other night on Wednesday night, we preached about, about the Holy Spirit. And we, we preached about don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption. My word, we had a Holy Ghost good time. It was convicting too. It was, it was the same way. But, but I, I get to thinking about sometime about the word. It's for instruction and correction and reproof. And, and I get to thinking about the Bible said it's like a two-edged sword. It's, it's going and coming. And, and it never really was meant to make you feel good. It, was, it really made you, it was meant to make you go further. To obtain more. So the scripture I want to read to you. It says, little children, in 1 John chapter 2, 
Verse 18, 18, it talked about love, not the world, neither the things that are in the world. It said, for if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in them. But down at verse 18 and 19, it said, little children, it is the last time that you have heard that the Antichrist shall come. It may be your first time to hear that word. He's going to come. He's going to look so much like God. The Bible said if it were possible, he would fool the very elect. Well, if I didn't know better, I think he's already here. His works are. Even now are many antichrists, whereby we know that this is the last time. It says, now they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they might be manifest that they were not of us at all. Now that's for the other folks, that ain't for you. Now here's where you are. But you have an unction. That's that Holy Ghost of God. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Ain't it a whole lot easier to do some mechanic work, and I'm certainly not a mechanic, but I'll give you something that I do do. And ain't it a lot easier when you go to doing some mechanic work? Brother Johnny was here one day at the church. He was helping me cut grass on a Saturday, and, and by the time he got home, I was going to Kelly's house or Lindsay's or somebody. Sometimes we'll just get down there, and, and all my family lives there together. It's about six or seven houses. We just cut the whole community. Johnny got started on his on his uh, grass right there and his motor blowed up on his lawnmower. Before I knew it, he done backed it in the shop and he was just taking the motor off. Man, that was so far-fetched from me. I said, man, what are you doing? He said, I got to get this motor off. I got to get this head off here. What are you doing? And he was just taking stuff off of there. I thought, well, I can't imagine doing something like that. The reason why I can't imagine it because I don't have no knowledge of it. But if you've got a place and you want some stairs up there, like Brother Algin's shop, I remember us turning that into a, a, a nice building one time, and, and you had an upstairs, that's where you put a floor, and you needed a floor put in it, and you need some steps put in it, and you needed some things done. I'm all about it. You know why? Because I know about it. And it's something how easy it is. Now, Brother Harris, I was with you one night, and the, the gin shut down, and some motor done went bad, and you had another one. I, I was just trying my best to bring you the wrenches, and I wasn't doing a very good job of that, and you was, you was really a little harsh on me, but I still love you anyhow. <laughs> he would say, you going to help me or what? I'm like, I'm helping you all I can. I, I don't know much about wrenches. I I, man, I'm out here and I'm trying. You know, he want to open in something and whatever. And he, he called me out four or five one time. And I'm puzzled about the first one that he gave me. But, but he didn't have no problem with taking that motor. It wasn't shut down long. It wasn't long. It was put back up. It was wired back in. And the whole gin went to running again. You know why? Because Brother Harris had knowledge of what was going on. Now, I'm going to get to this text in a minute. But I'm going to tell you something. When you're... In a condition in life when the Holy Spirit does come to you and it'll come to everybody on the face of this earth. And when the Holy Spirit comes to you and makes you realize that you're not only lost, but you're headed to a devil's hell if you don't turn around. Now, I don't know because there ain't much preaching on hell no more because 
people don't love folks enough, but what I want to share with you a while ago, Mr. Bill, one time he was stopped, he told me. And Mr. Bill's brother, Roy Bennett Cheatham, was a captain of the state troopers. He was in Nashville, and a lot of state troopers that I meet that's older there tell me, oh, I knew, I knew Captain Roy Cheatham well. And so being stopped, Mr. Bill said, the man said, well, I guess you're in a hurry and give me your driving license. So Mr. Bill thought he would use his brother being a captain state trooper. And he said, let me tell you something. He said, you probably know somebody I know, Mr. Bill said. He said, my brother happened to be Roy Bennett Cheatham and he didn't have to go no further. The state trooper just I mean, the, yeah, the state trooper just popped up all of a sudden and he, he said this to him. He said, he said, Captain Roy Cheatham, Captain Cheatham, oh yeah, we all know Captain Roy Cheatham. He said, just give me a license, I'll be just right back. Mr. Bill said he went to his car, said the fastest ticket they ever got in his life. He said, here come the man back and they handed it to him. He said, I just want you to know, Mr. Cheatham said, you made my job easy. He said, because every seminar that I would ever be under, under your brother, he said, I can understand if you have a weak moment and you stop somebody that you don't know that's driving so fast that they're going to run over something, they're going to kill the food self. I can understand you having a weak moment and letting them go. He said, but if you stop your mama or if you stop your family, please have enough love for them that you'll give them a ticket that maybe it'll slow them down that they won't kill the fool self. Mr. Bill said, I ain't never going to bring up my brother's name again. <laughs> That's almost like the word is. The word is preached so we can slow down a little bit. And, and I know sometimes it brings hurt to us and, and, and the things that we get done the most in life is what we pay the close, more close attention to. Now the Bible's talking about, now there's a whole lot of folks going to go out. And there's a whole lot of folks that makes it easier on them. They're already headed out the door. And I ain't just talking about this church. I'm talking about it. If they're already headed out and, and say somebody else ain't coming to Sunday school, say, well, they ain't going to Sunday school, so I'm not going to Sunday school. They ain't going to church, so I'm not going to church. They did just kind of, well, they, they going so-and-so, so I think I'm going to go. But the Bible says that we have an unction. When we come, and I'm going to read this scripture, and I want you to think about it before I read it. When we realize that we're lost and that nobody will die on the face of this earth without realizing that they lost and without Christ. Nobody, nobody. He'll send you somebody to love you. You might get mad at them. You may not like how they preach, but he's going to send you somebody. You won't die because the Bible said you'll stand before him without an excuse. You'll know that it's the Lord tucking at you. You'll have a, you'll have a battle. It'll be like in a church service right here. The invitation's going to go up and you're kind of like, man, I need to go down. And then you, and then you just kind of, nah, I'm going to do it a different way. And you put it off and then the spirit don't draw you no more, you know, you just, you just didn't shut the door on it. You done, you done quenched the Holy Spirit. You done finally done enough. As I heard it said one time that it's kind of like a fire that goes across the field, but there's a tree out there that they've been trying to burn, Wayne, and, and it gets charcoal all over. 
That thing can get charcoal so much, you can go to church so much, you can turn down Jesus so much that you can build up a charcoal on you when the fire of God even comes in your life. It seems like it don't penetrate no more. So what I'd say to you that if you're not saved today, you make sure you are saved. And I hope you, I hope you one, that, that you have the Spirit of God living in you, uh, that I've got a scripture that I want to read to you before I go to that scripture. You say, Brother Eddie, you, you ever going to read that scripture? I, yeah, I, I think so. But where I sent you to the first time in John, if they'll put it up on the screen, John, the seventh chapter, and the 37th, 38th verse, both of these scriptures, Jesus is writing himself. So it ain't Brother Eddie talking, and it ain't Billy Graham talking, and it ain't the pastor down the road talking, and it ain't the deacon talking. It's Jesus talking. And it said in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Mm. Don't you remember when you got that real drink from God when you gave your life to him? Look what Jesus said. Now, we can trust in Jesus. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, you know, we read that scripture over in Romans a while ago, and it just seems like, you know, if you'll confess, will you believe it? Will your heart, man believeth in the heart and the mouth, the confession's made unto salvation. And, you know, it just seems like if you'll confess with your mouth, and you just think, like, it's got to be more than that. It ain't no more on your part, but it's more on his part. The Bible said that he, he buys our sins. He takes them when you would give them to him. But because when he does that, then he puts inside of you, your body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I keep saying it over and over, and I know that. The reason why I do, because it's still just as true as it was last Sunday. It said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture says. And I want you to listen to what Jesus said. Jesus. Man, this is more important than Donald Trump. If you hadn't already seen it, you ought to see the Christmas message that our president has put out. Quoting scripture in Isaiah. Unto us a child is born. Tell me the last time that you had a president that made a stand like that. You ought to just pull it up and listen to it. He that believeth on me, now we, we own that same scripture that we had over here in Romans. It says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's something, ain't it? See, that's, that's more than just going to church. That's more than just that I'm going to show back up at church. It said, he that believeth on me, said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I mean, it really don't matter what you go through. I mean, God, he said in his word, he don't ever leave us nor forsake it. He's our present help in our time of trouble. He's going to stick closer than a brother. Now, when you've come to the knowledge of that, and you realize the righteousness of God and how good God is and all he does, look at, and you submit yourself to believe in that. We are talking about that word believing. And, it, and when I read that, if you're a non-believer here today, you think, well, all I got to do is just pray me a prayer. No, that word believing is going to mean more than what you think it's going to mean. Man, I believe it. I mean, I mean, you know, you're looking at a, I'm like, 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 a mechanic looks at a boat and, and, and it's a half inch. He done, he done took off so many half inch boats, Brother Al. You just know what one looks like. You, you just say, give me the wrench. Give me a half inch wrench. 
Look at it, that's annoying. You know how loose that chain's supposed to be. You, you, you know how things are supposed to fit and you know how things are supposed to look and, and you look up and it ain't that way. You know it ain't right. But when you come to the knowledge of knowing how good God is and knowing what he can do for you and you give over that. See, that's the kind of believing as the man said and I'm, I'm gonna try to quit because I don't want to bore you but that believing is like the man that had the wheelbar that was, had the tightrope across the Grand Canyon. And he said, who believes I can push this wheelbar out on this tightrope for 10 feet and pick it up and come back? And they clapped and they said, we believe you can. Everybody believes. They say they believe it because they want to see what's going to happen. A lot of people, when they say they're giving their life to Jesus, they, they really don't know what's going to happen they, and they don't want to go to hell. So they just do that kind of believing like, you know, I'll just do it. it it's not going to have any effect on me. That ain't the believing that God talks about. God talks about the kind of believing that said, let's a seed go on the ground and die. God talks about the believing like do you know as Donnie Elrod when he got saved I led him to the Lord. He said Brother Eddie he said my issue was he said I knew that a lot of things in my life and I give my life to Jesus that's the last time it's going to happen. I knew I would not go back to the places that I used to go. I knew I couldn't talk like I used to talk. I knew I couldn't walk like I used to walk. I know I'd go out and say goodbye to some friends because I wasn't going to go where they was going to go. They wasn't going to go where I was going to go. Brother Eddie, there was a war going on in my life. So the man went out 10 feet and he came back. He said, how many of y'all believe I can go 20 feet? Make the story short, they clapped their hands and the man pushed the wheelbar out and he turned it around and he come right back on the tie rope again. He said, we're going to make this interesting. He said, now I want to know something. How many of y'all believe I can go 50 feet after on that tie rope? Said, it's going to sag now this time. But how many of y'all believe it? Every one of them said, we believe you can go out there. He said, that's good. He said, now, which one of y'all want to get in this wheelbar? Oh, see, see that one was a zeal. That one was to come to church and be a church member. Oh, sing my favorite song. I mean, my word. Yeah, zeal. I'm believing. Go ahead, God, you go. But when God says, now, y'all want you to come here. I got somewhere I'm going to send you. Oh, are we backing up? I, I, I remember when God was calling me, I mean, God, you done lost your mind. I mean, come on. You done created the universe. And look here, this scripture is going to say when we come to God, and that's sealed until the day of redemption. When you come to God and you realize that he's, you believe with everything in you that your sins are gone. There ain't nothing, look here, me and Brother Larry was talking this morning. He said, man, I marvel that you so soon removed from grace that you think because of your goodness you're going to heaven or because of what you did wrong, you're going to hell. The Bible said it's because of your unbelief in what God did on the cross of Calvary that makes you what you are. Hmm. Now, nah, probably ain't nobody doing all that they need to do. 
But I'm going to tell you something. When God saved you, he had a job for you. And that's really what comes to the issue. We want to say, I, I believe in God. I, I believe you can talk to most anybody. You ask them, are they saved? And I've been out there in the cowboy world and every one of them say, I talk to God every day. I said, have you ever been born again? No, I ain't been born again. Well, the Bible said the only way to the Father is through the Son. You can't pick up a tin can. I don't care what to say. You can tie a string on it and call Jackson, Mississippi or Stanton, Tennessee from right here. I don't care what they say. You've got to have something that'll connect with something. And Jesus died on Calvary's cross and he shed his blood because nobody could do it. Nobody could be good enough to go to heaven. And if you ain't here and you saved today, you only saved because of God's grace and God's mercy and God's love. And he's put that Holy Spirit in you. And you can say what Paul said, I know whom I have believed in. You was there when it happened like I was at that Assembly of God church when I pulled out that night. The stars ain't never looked that way. The moon ain't never looked that way. And I ain't never had a night's sleep like I had that night. I knew that my sins was washed away and there ain't never been a day in my life since that's happened that I had to worry about it. Oh, now, Brother Eddie, listen to me. The Bible says we don't live upon the spirit of fear. Let me tell you something. I don't like no snake. They all rattlesnakes to me. But I'm going to tell you something. I'd be more fearful today. If I had one inkling that I was going to die and go to a devil's hell, let me tell you something. I wouldn't get in my truck. I wouldn't drive down the road. I'd try to get in the most secure place with a concrete top over it. I wouldn't want no tree falling over me. Let me tell you something. The Bible says you better work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Don't nobody, don't nobody want to go to hell. It's just like King Agrippa was. He, Paul, he had preached to the king. He, he said, I'm going to let you preach to me, Paul. And Paul was telling him about his conversion. And the king said, you almost converted me. But he wanted to wait, wait for a more opportune time when, when it was better, maybe... Mr. Benny, if I can use you, you're so sweet and precious. Mr. Benny, when he got saved, we, we all do it even after we get saved. It ain't going to be bad. It's going to be good, Mr. Benny. <laughs> Mr. Benny, when he got saved, he said, now I need to get baptized. He said, he said, can I just meet you sometime and we just us do it? I said, no. No. No, we're we going to have to just get wet in front of everybody. And Lord, these women are worse than that. They, they don't want you to see them with the hair and got wet. And, and it's going to be more women going to die, go to hell because they're going to say, I can't get saved because if I get saved, they're going to have to see me with my hair wet. <laughs> but if you ever come to the knowledge of knowing how good God is and you don't worry about him keeping you. You know, when I think about how powerful he is and I don't have no doubt he can keep me. When I hear the thunder roll, I think it's about something powerful. And then I think about little old me. <laughs> and I don't think, Ed, he can't keep little old me 
When he makes the thunder and the lightning to go through the sky, man, you can hear it crackling through the sky and rumbling and carrying on. I get to looking at the stars that he done flung and the sun and the moon and how he done spoke the world into existence. Look at the last thing you ought to ever think. Can God keep you once he saves you? It's by God's grace you saved this morning when you walk out. You're not going to walk out because you're better. You ain't going to work out because you, 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 you're gooder. You're going to walk out because you've either accepted Jesus and you're on your way to heaven. You accepted Jesus. You accepted what he done on the cross of Calvary. You accepted that he shed that blood. You accepted that he arose from the grave. And I accept it by faith. I've got knowledge of it now. I've submitted over to it's real. See, it's that different deal about that believing. It's like clapping your hand, believing something when you said, I believe you can. You done showed us you can. I, you done went 10 feet, you can go 20. It ain't going to make no difference. You go and you'll clap for that thing. But you're not ready to put your life at stake for that thing. You're not ready to walk down an aisle. You're not ready to go home and somebody said, oh, you got saved today. You said, well, I... I don't know what all that word means. But let me tell you what I did do. I believed in my heart today like never before that I couldn't do enough to get to heaven. And I believe what John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm walking back in this kitchen on this Sunday and I ain't worried about perishing no more. I ain't worried about dying no more. I ain't worried about what I'm going to eat or drink tomorrow. I ain't worried about what even I got to say. The Bible talks about it. Even that, if he keep, takes care of the sparrows and the lilies, look here, how much more that he loves you. The Bible talks about that. And you just come and say, I ain't worried about it no more. Look here, I've got peace. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. You've got peace and knowing that God's got it. There ain't no doubt about it. And out of your belly, it's flowing rivers of living water when everybody else done dried up. And look here, they pouting about everything. Listen to me. They pouting about life. Life ain't no good. Job said it was full of trouble. He had lost everything that he had, but the most precious thing that he had, Brother Johnny, was his relationship with God. Had a wife that bent over and said, Job, just curse him and die. Job ran his shirt off and he shaved his head. Fell down before God. He said, naked I came into this world. And naked I'm going to leave. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. In closing, I'm going to read you the verse. Brethren, Paul's writing these words. My heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that sweet Israel that's backslidden on God. They might be saved. Do you understand what I just read? Saved is a Bible word. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. Boy, they'll clap for everything going on in the church. They got a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They got a zeal of God, but they don't have that knowing that you get when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and how the Holy Ghost draws you. And the Holy Ghost says the day's your day. And the Holy Ghost reveals to you that Jesus really did die. And look here, it's a believing now that shouldn't change. Like, that's it. That's where happiness comes from. That's where joy comes from. That's where all the peace comes from. That's where life comes from. 
Boy, I said to Sammy this morning, Philippians 1.21, since I've come to Jesus and I'm trying to close, let me tell you something. I can't imagine life without Jesus. I really don't understand. I called a man last night about 1030 because I was worried about he's going to blow his brains out. Boy, he got on my mind, Brother Harris. I doubt his number. I said, I'm going to ask you something. How you doing? He called me earlier that day, and I got to think about that conversation. I said, no, I got to know what you're doing okay. I was concerned about you. Brother Eddie, you ain't got to worry about me. I, you ain't got to worry about nothing crazy with me. You got to worry about it. I said, man, I was worried about you. I'm going to tell you something. I don't see how. The Bible said you can't serve two masters. Man, look here. When you walk out here today, the Bible said you can't drink of both cups. You can't eat of both tables. Look here. When you walk out today, it says one or two masters you got. Either God is your Lord and your master or the devil is your Lord and your master. And wouldn't it be something to get up this morning and rather to say, God, I don't know what you've got for me today. Lord, I don't know what you want me to do today. But Lord, I know one thing. If I'm going to get anything done, you're going to have to help me a whole lot because there ain't much in it of myself. And I'm glad you saved me, but I know, I know you're working on me. And I know you've got to finish work one day. I heard David Ring say, Last night I was just listening to some music coming home and David Ring's a guy that's got several paws and he's a preacher man and he said, you know, I, I walk funny and I talk funny but one day I'm going to have a brand new body and, he, and he's got, his speech is not good and he's just sweet to listen to. But he said, God ain't through working on me. He said, I, he said I'm still in the oven. He's cooking on me. You ever seen your wife or whatever, your mama, when they take a, maybe a toothpick and stick in something, just see if the dough's going to stop, then you're going to stick to the toothpick. Or Vicky, how many times you done cooked it what the time was said and you let down the oven, why don't you just take it out? But you look at it and you can tell, Ronnie, it just ain't done. Vicky, don't overcook it, Ronnie. I done told you, leave me alone now. It ain't done. I done been around my, I know what I'm doing. You need to go on somewhere. David Ring, I'm trying to quit. I love preaching. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> David Ring said, my body's crippled. I can't walk right and I don't talk right. I talk funny and I, I got a lot of, I've got a lot of defects, not only with what you see, but what you don't see. He said, God still got me in the oven. He said, but well, praise God, one day when I get there, he's going to open the oven. He's going to say, well done, my good and my faithful servant. I'm not preaching you today perfection of yourself. I'm preaching you the perfection of Jesus. The Bible said, he that knew no sin became sin that you may become done. Wow. And you can have the knowing already. I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to this book. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Oh, when you know. It ain't hard to serve God when you know. Man, when he puts his spirit inside you, I mean, it's almost like y'all got them things. I don't know. It's being plugged in with God. That's the only way I just keep it simple. Like, 
I don't care what you have, but you, you finally, you go in and you, you know, you use your computer every day. You use your laptop every day. And you, and you go in one day and you, you know, if you're like me, you know, all I know to do, if it wouldn't work, I'd beat on it. Kick the thing up under the desk. Holler for the secretary. Do you know what happened? I can't get the computer even to come on. Crazy thing. She said, well, somebody might have unplugged it. Well, surely not. I mean, ain't nobody could have been in here. Go check the other one. <laughs> then all of a sudden you peep up on the desk. Mm. I got to quit. I looked in the gas tank one day when Mr. Bill was a push lawnmower. And I declare, it looked like a full tank of gas to me, Brother Harris. It did. I've told this story a bunch of times, but I don't know. I guess my eyes was full of playing tricks on me or something. I, I declare, I looked in there, and it looked like a full tank of gas. It did. I'm pulling, pulling, pulling. Mr. Bill, he took the plug off. He laid it up beside the spark plug. It's getting fire. It's eating the fire of the gas. It's getting fire. Keep yanking on it. I'm pulling. He said, are you sure it's got gas in it, Ronnie? He said, are you sure? I said, yeah. No, I wouldn't be pulling without checking see if it's got gas in it. Man, I'm just pulling. He took it off again. He took the spark plug off, got a little sandpaper, standing between it. Look here, looking at it real close. He screwed it back in. He put the cap on it. Pull on it some more. Boy, I'm pulling. I'm a yanking, you hear me? Hmm. He said, my word, it, it's sure acting like it. It didn't matter to him. It's like, you idiot, you, as long as you want to pull on, just keep pulling on. It ain't bothering me. <laughs> Finally, he asked me that question again. He said, do you not want to check to see and make sure? I said, well, I can. I took that cap off. That thing was bone dry. <laughs> bone dry. How could it happen? I don't know. It was not, not a drop one in there, Reed, no gas. See, it wouldn't have mattered how much I pulled on it, Ed. It wouldn't have mattered how many times he fouled a spark plug. You know what I had to do? I had to submit that it was all my fault the reason why the llama wasn't cranking. Yeah. As we give them invitations this morning, I thank you for coming and being so Nice to me to preach to today. But it said you got a zeal of God, but it's not according to knowledge. And you done gone about to establish your own way. You, you done got to a point that, you know, I, I got me a plan. I, if I ain't, you know, I, I remember talking to a guy who just did his funeral for his wife. And I said, man, are you sure you saved at Walmart? I said, you sure? You good about that? Just, are you good? Jesus good? He said, well, he said, I might want to have a couple minutes. Yeah, you may not have a couple minutes. I said, you need to live your life. Somebody's holding a gun to your head right now. You're ready. <laughs> One guy, he had it figured out. and tell you how people think. He said, he, 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 he said Grand Canyon too. He he was a cook up here in town. He, he said, well, I, I tell you what, Brother Eddie. He said, if I miss it, I won't miss it but one inch. And I'm the one who says something about the Grand Canyon. I said, 
Jimmy Joe, what good is it going to do you swing all the way across the Grand Canyon and miss one inch? Don't miss it. You know what? You got a, you got a zeal of God and you done established your own deal. But it, it comes down to it as they start the invitation. It's going to come down to a childlike faith, Brother Randy. I believe Jesus died for me. And if I'm accepting my faith today and I ain't ashamed of him, he ain't going to be ashamed of me. And I'm accepting the fact it's done. It ain't even got nothing to do with me. Boy, ain't it somehow we quick to judge folks? And the Bible says, judge like, let you be judged like, they can't be saved and do what they're doing. You ain't done yet. But you're done through Jesus. And he's molding and making you. And I want to take a little pressure off of you. I've been around, I, I've seen, I, I'm probably the low-downest preacher around, but I've been around a lot of preachers, and I ain't never met one like Jesus. <laughs> I ain't never met no man, no man like Jesus. You won't never meet no man or no woman like Jesus. Larry, you remember telling me that story about that boy? This man raised him. And let me just call this man's name was Joe. And so they was talking to this little fellow about Jesus. Said, you need to give your heart to Jesus. What did they say? What were they saying? He said, they were saying you need to. This, this, this guy was, uh, took care of Joe. He was a drunk. He'd come in. He would put him in the bed. He would take care of him at night. And uh, this old drunk, would, he loved Joe so much. And Joe would carry him to church. And they had, they, he got convicted one day, and he went down out of the church. They, he said, you need to be like Jesus. They said, son, when you grow up, you need to be like Jesus. He said, no, when I grow up, I'm going to be like Joe. Yep. They come back up and said, no, Joe, a good man. I, I know Joe's been good to you. You don't need to be like Joe. You need to be like Jesus. And finally, the little boy said, well, let me ask you a question. Is Jesus like Joe? <laughs> boy, I, I hope we can start getting our lives in some area. Now, we're going to fail in other areas. I, Reed, I hit some areas real good. You know, I kind of I kind of warm it up, Anthony, a little bit. And then some I just miss it. But look, it ought to be some areas in our life, some areas that people can say, boy, that resembles what Jesus would do. That resembles what Jesus would do. Let's stand. You bow your head.